Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. Today we'll be looking at hypercortisolism, also known as Cushing syndrome. We will discuss the cause, common signs and symptoms, how it's diagnosed and what treatment options are available. Cushing syndrome is caused by an excess of cortisol known as hypercortisolism. There are two main types of Cushing syndrome, exogenous and endogenous. Exogenous means that the cortisol is caused by something from outside of the body. This is usually due to prolonged glucocorticoid therapy. This is the most common cause of Cushing syndrome. Endogenous means that the hypercortisolism is due to factors within the body. This is divided into primary or ACTH-independent hypercortisolism and secondary or ACTH-dependent hypercortisolism. Primary hypercortisolism means that the problem is within the adrenal gland. This is quite rare. This is most commonly due to functional adrenal adenoma, which is a benign tumour that produces too much cortisol. The two other causes of primary hypercortisolism are much rarer. It can be due to an adrenal carcinoma or macronodular adrenal hyperplasia. These are ACTH independent since they don't cause an increase in ACTH. Secondary hypercortisolism is either due to pituitary gland adenoma or due to an ectopic tumour. These are both ACTH dependent. A pituitary adenoma will cause an increase in ACTH production, which stimulates cortisol production from the adrenal gland. This type of Cushing syndrome is called Cushing's disease and is the most common type of endogenous Cushing syndrome. Rarely an ectopic tumour will form and produce an excess of ACTH, which stimulates the adrenal gland to produce cortisol. These can be benign or malignant and usually arise in the lungs, thymus, thyroid and pancreas. There are some characteristic symptoms and signs of Cushing syndrome. These include purple striae on the abdomen, thighs and breasts. Fat redistributes from the periphery to the centre of the body and weight gain leads to moon face, which is fat deposits on the face, buffalo hump, which is when fat deposits between the shoulders, central obesity, thin hands and feet, thin skin that easily bruises, slow wound healing, acne, and in secondary hypercortisolism, there is hyperpigmentation that may occur in areas not normally exposed to the sun, such as the oral cavity. This is because melanocyte-stimulating hormone is cleaved from the precursor of ACTH. More general symptoms and signs include hypertension. Around 90% of people with Cushing syndrome have hypertension. This occurs due to several mechanisms. Firstly, cortisol has a permissive effect on catecholamines, such as noradrenaline, which causes vasoconstriction. It has a mild mineralocorticoid effect, which causes sodium and hence water retention, and it enhances the sympathetic pathway. Other secondary symptoms include fatigue, depression, anxiety, osteoporosis because cortisol promotes calcium resorption from bone by inhibiting osteoblasts and promoting osteoclasts, muscle atrophy and weakness because cortisol promotes proteolysis to create substrates for gluconeogenesis, there's insulin resistance because cortisol promotes gluconeogenesis and glycogenolysis which causes hyperglycemia. There's also increased susceptibility to infections by suppressing the immune system. In women, it can cause irregular menstrual cycles and hirsutism, which is hair growth in a male-like pattern. In both men and women, it can cause decreased libido and edema.
Diagnosis is done in a stepwise manner to diagnose the hypercortisolism, identify the type and the underlying cause. Firstly, if a patient is suspected to have Cushing's based on their clinical presentation, it is vital to find out if they are taking glucocorticoid therapy. If the cause is not exogenous, then they are screened for endogenous hypercortisolism. There are four high sensitivity tests that can be used. 24-hour urinary free cortisol, overnight 1mg dexamethasone suppression test, late-night salivary cortisol or a 48-hour 2mg dexamethasone suppression test. Dexamethasone is a strong glucocorticoid which should suppress ACTH and hence cortisol secretion under normal circumstances. However, in all types of hypercortisolism, serum cortisol remains high. The 24-hour urinary free cortisol and the late-night salivary cortisol measure the level of unbound cortisol. One of the above is carried out and if it's positive then it is repeated and one or two additional tests can be performed. If these are positive then a diagnosis of hypercortisolism is confirmed. So now we have a diagnosis but we need to find out the underlying cause. This is done by first differenti differentiating whether it is ACTH dependent or ACTH independent. A morning plasma ACTH is done. If ACTH levels are suppressed, it is indicated that ACTH independent Cushing syndrome is the cause. If ACTH levels are normal or elevated, it is indicated that ACTH dependent Cushing syndrome is the cause. Now further investigations need to be undertaken to identify the definite cause. If there is ACTH independent Cushing's, we know this is due to primary hypercortisolism. A CT or MRI is done of the genome glands to identify the pathology such as an adenoma. If ACTH-dependent Cushing's is indicated, this is due to secondary hypercortisolism. A high-dose dexamethasone suppression test is carried out. If this causes suppression of cortisol, a pituitary adenoma is suspected, which is Cushing's disease. If cortisol fails to suppress an ectopic ACTH-producing tumour is suspected. If Cushing's disease is suspected, an MRI of the pituitary gland is done to show the adenoma. However, up to 40% of patients will not have a visible lesion and undergo inferior petrosal sinus sampling. If an ectopic tumour is suspected, a patient will get a CT of the chest, abdomen and pelvis to look for an ACTH secreting tumour. If Cushing's syndrome is due to exogenous glucocorticoid therapy, which is the most common cause, either consider lowering the dose or using alternatives, for example, azathioprine. If the patient has a pituitary adenoma, which is Cushing's disease, First-line treatment is transpedoidal resection of the causative pituitary adenoma. The, opt the optimal first-line therapy for an ectopic ACTH tumour is resection or ablation of the tumour and metastases. If Cushing syndrome is due to unilateral adrenal adenoma, first-line therapy is almost always unilateral adrenalectomy. This concludes today's episode on Cushing syndrome. We've covered the causes, signs and symptoms, diagnosis and management of Cushing's. We've covered a lot of information so please let us know if you have any questions. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and keep an eye out for more revision episodes coming your way. Thank you for listening and as always, this is Hepsi Xavier signing off.